Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another great episode of Sports. Oh, I almost said Sports Recurring, but that's not what it is. It is Pittsburgh Made. That's right, Pittsburgh Made. Um, I'm Logan Carney, one of the three hosts here with my good friend Dakota Lamb, who is in Texas, and Spencer Witt, who's on the other side of Pittsburgh. Um, guys, how are you guys doing tonight? Not too bad. No, it's been too long since we recorded one of these. Uh, I cannot disclose whether I'm in Texas or on Mars. <laughs> I forgot. That's right. Uh, I that's, forgot your Tesla. Space I know in love, or the SpaceX, I should say. I know in love. <laughs> yeah, tomato, tomato. They're all one conglomerate. Is that how you say that? I'm pretty sure that's how you say that. Anyway, we yeah, got a big show. It's been it's been a while since we've done a show. Oh, I'm trying to pull up the rundown right now, but I don't remember when I made my password for this email. A lot so has happened. Yeah, but a lot has a happened. A lot has happened, no doubt. Steelers still undefeated. Both Pitt and Penn State football have completely just destroyed their seasons. Um, although Pitt, you know, still may end up with a, another 500 season. Yippee. Um, and then what else we got here? I mean... Uh, MLB has just been announcing their awards. The NBA offseason is underway. Um, the NHL offseason is also on its way. And the Masters started tonight, too. Uh, so there, there's a lot, really, to talk about. Um, Kata, why don't you just start us off with the right topic, the first topic, because I'm trying to log in the rundown, and I am not being able to get to it. So why don't you start us off? First topic is the Steelers. So we were talking before the show when we were waiting on Spencer to get in the session. We think the last time we recorded was right before the Ravens game. The Steelers were 6-0. and They've won two more since then. They are now 8-0. and what are, what are our thoughts off the bat on this team? And I guess we'll look first to this past week's game against Dallas. They pulled it out in the end. It was looking a little iffy if they were going to remain undefeated or not. I think the Dallas game could have very well been an easy trap game. I mean, this is, you know, this is a team that everyone expected the Steelers to blow out, rightfully so. Dallas is one of the worst teams in the league. They were on their fourth quarterback. They have no defense. I mean, they had, they had the, they're, they're so bad, they benched Ben DiNucci. You know, they went with a guy who was worse than Ben DiNucci on the, on the totem pole. That's how you know they were bad at, and, Which uh, is not true. He was, he was definitely better than Ben DiNucci. I just oh, want to—I give a lot of credit debatable. to Gilbert. Debatable. Or, Gilbert? Debatable. The point is, it was a trap game. He—he he, at least game. the. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The first half, the Steelers provided no pressure to him, and he was making throws. Once he got pressured, he crumbled. Or Gilbert, yeah. Once he got pressured a little bit, he crumbled. But other than that, he was making the throws that he needed to at the beginning of the game, especially. But so this game came after a tough stretch for the Steelers, in which you know they took on the Ravens, they took on the Titans, and they took on the Browns, three potential playoff teams in a three-week span, to go up against one of the worst teams in the league, who was on a practice squad quarterback, and whose defense is. Probably the worst defense in the league, actually, if you look at the numbers. So it's just, it, it, it could have very well, I, I know people say, well, yes, the Steelers should have blown them out. Yes, they should have. They should have blown them out. 
but there's a reason that there is a phrase called the trap game. And this was a trap game um, from the get-go. I, I always thought it was going to be closer than people expected, mainly because, you know, if you overlook a game in the NFL, you're going to get caught because these are NFL players that you're playing against. And it's very easy to overlook a team like the 2020 Dallas Cowboys when you're the 8-0 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. So it, I, I'm glad that they still pulled out the victory. I think it's a sign that better things are to come, that they're still winning these trap games as opposed to, you know, if we go back years in the past, we would have seen them lose a game like, you know, last week. You know, so, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for the win. You know, I don't think it really says much about the – the bad parts of the team. I mean, I think their run defense, you know, we talked early on about how great their run defense was. It has not looked good these past two weeks. It did not look, it looked horrible against Dallas. You knew it was going to struggle against Baltimore because that's Baltimore, but it was not good against Dallas and Dallas did not have Elliott. And they also are not one of the, the top running teams in the country. So I'm a little bit worried about the run defense going forward. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm very happy with the Steelers start so far. And I, it's, it's hard not to, not to be. I, my, my question is, and what I'm interested in, is the Steelers are 8-0 for the first time in franchise history. But I just think to the recent or not so recent Super Bowl success that we've seen in our lifetimes, I don't think that this team is better than those Super Bowl winning teams. So – is it just luck? Is it the schedule so far? Is it the weird circumstances of the season? Why is this the best Steelers team record-wise ever in franchise history? When, or do you disagree with me looking back to like the 08 team that this team is nowhere near as good as that Super Bowl winning team? See, I hate the whole saying, you know, are they just lucky? Because in my personal opinion, you don't, you don't get and even the best teams become the best teams because of luck because you need you need luck to win a title in any league you know luck is also players staying healthy you know you look at last year is Ben getting hurt well that's bad luck that's not a bad team that's bad luck you know big Ben staying healthy this year we will get more into his covid um, restriction list later in the episode but that's still good luck so every single Steelers team, all six of their Super Bowl champions have had luck to a certain extent. All of Tom Brady's titles have had luck. All of the last Super Bowl champions that we've seen in our lifetime have had luck on their side because you don't get there without having a little bit of luck. I you agree know? with you, Logan, but what I'm asking is, is it? do you view that luck all the way through the season? Like for this team now to get to a 8-0 record, are you counting luck as enough. a major part of that for for anyone? Or luck is a major part of luck is a major luck is a major part of every championship team. Luck is a major part of every championship team, and this Steelers team is no different. Now, Grant, have they gotten lucky with an easy schedule? Yes, they have. But think back to all the, the again. We just talked about a trap game with Dallas and how they didn't lose this one. Think back to how many bad teams we've seen the Steelers. And you're telling me over the Steelers' entire history of a franchise, they never once had a schedule this easy? Because that's, what, 70 years, 80 years? I mean, that seems pretty unlikely, right? You know, that, that, that they wouldn't have had a schedule this easy 
in that entire span to where they could gun eight and now. So is this Steelers team? This Steelers team is certainly one of the Super Bowl contenders. They are very talented to win the Super Bowl. Now, are they as dominant as say the sixteen and O Patriots were? You know, and what was that? O five, O four, O five, O four, O six, somewhere around that range. Or you know, that one year where the the Saints and the Colts both started like twelve and zero. Were they as dominant as those teams? No, they're not. You know, their offense isn't as highly powered as as those teams were. So, do I expect the Steelers to go sixteen and zero? I don't. I don't expect them to. They'll, they, you know, they may lose a game to a bad team. But are they a Super Bowl contender? Yes. Are they one of the top teams in the league? Yes. If they get home field advantage in the playoffs, can they make the Super Bowl? I would not be shocked at all. You know. Could they get beat by Kansas City? I would not be shocked if that would happen. But I'm not going to discount, because they've been having some luck on their side, I'm not going to write off this season because every oh, single I'm not writing off the season. I, I, but, Spencer, what do you think? If you had to pick one thing that contributed most to this 8-0 record, is it luck, schedule, or skill? I think it's clutchness, to be honest. I I think that the, the, the defense, at least when we looked at last week, and the, the past couple weeks, they've made clutch plays when they needed to. When they stopped Lamar Jackson on fourth down. When they stopped uh, Garrett Gilbert, you know, throwing the ball in the end zone, heaving it up. You know, these these plays, these or they stopped him in a two-minute drill when they really started to get pressure on him. When they actually started to get him to get nervous. There's a little bit of a mixture of everything. I, I do agree that luck is definitely on every winning team. Uh, real quick, 2007 was the year the Patriots went 16-0. This team is nowhere near that good. This team will not go undefeated or, I I don't know, I will walk to Logan's house or something. I don't know. But, like, yeah, I, I, I do not see them. They do still have an easy schedule. So they, they could very well be. But ultimately, who team. cares? Like, who cares what your regular season record is? You're going to be remembered yeah, what you do in the playoffs. Yeah, but for once, it matters when only one team the, gets the, You got to remember that the Steelers were only the number one team once in their own in their Super Bowl victories of the, of the two Super Bowls that they won with Ben Roethlisberger. They didn't. They weren't a number one seed for either of them. And even in the playoffs, they've only been a number one team under like Mike Tomlin once, I think, and that was the year that well, yeah, not under Mike point. Tomlin but in the past twenty years, and that was the year they went fifteen and one with Ben Roethlisberger, and they lost to the Patriots. So, you know, they squeaked in as a six seed and won the playoffs. They, they squeak in as like a three or four and go to the Super Bowl. They, you know, so it's not like I'm guaranteeing if they're one team, it doesn't mean that they're going to do any do go anywhere because they still have to win their playoff games. But I think that, yes, this team is definitely a Super Bowl contender. There's no doubt about that. And yes, they have an easy schedule, but I worry the easy schedule will maybe not necessarily take their foot off the gas but kind of get them to a point where they're playing, you know, Joe Burrow, they're playing insert Jacksonville quarterback here, and they're not going to be ready for Lamar Jackson when he come, when they come back to Pittsburgh or whoever it is, and that's going to maybe be a wake-up call. But they've, you know, they picked off Lamar Jackson four times last time they played. True. So I'm not know, saying that. Yeah, I'm not I, talking I, about last game. I'm talking about, like, 
if if they have this stretch of e- you what you quote unquote call easy teams, when you get to that good team again, you're you know you're not you're not ready for it. it the the fact that they played yeah, those good. you know to quote tough teams in a row, it keeps them in that mentality. And I think that the, I'm worried that they take their foot off the gas for a game or two and they and they get exposed. See, I see this as the other side in the most Steeler right? fashion. You know, ever. We look. Well, no, no. If you if you look at other teams, I mean, look, look, look at the Patriots dynasty. The one criticism that people will say, like, oh, they had this dynasty because they were in such an easy division. Because they had six games a year against the AFC's worst teams, the Bills, the Jets, or the Dolphins. You know? Whereas the Steelers would have four games against the Bengals, who were, you know, in and out of the playoffs. Over you know under um, Hugh Jackson or Marvin Marvin Lewis and the Ravens who since Harbaugh have been a Super Bowl contender you know and you look at the injuries that have suffered in those games because of just how hard and physical they are and how competitive they are there's more injuries and the Patriots they always enter the playoffs as with a bye with home field advantage with rested guys with injury-free because they've played a lot of easy games that they were injury-free, that they went into the playoffs more ready than the Steelers and all these other teams that were banged up because they kept playing tough games. So there's a lot of benefits to having an easy schedule for the playoffs. And the fact that the Steelers have still beaten, you know, the Titans, the Ravens, the Browns, the three borderline playoff, the one Super Bowl contender, or two Super Bowl contenders in a borderline playoff team, you know, the fact that they've still beaten them, and not only did they beat them, but they completely, you know, they turned, the Ravens turned the ball over four times against the Steelers. You know, the Steelers were up by three scores against the Titans at one point. The Steelers blew out the Browns. You know, they they, they took those three tough games, and they, they played extremely well in all three of them. You know, it's it's, I'm not... I think I think that I'm not going to look at the negatives of having an easy schedule as much. I think they're more likely to lose one of the easier games in an easy schedule, mainly because they could be looking past that game to the Ravens. Like they could be looking past this week to when they face the Ravens again. You know, because if they beat the Ravens again, they you know pretty much clinch the division. You know, so they might not even like be worried about the Bengals. That's what I'm more worried about a loss coming from in the in their end of the regular season, if I'm being honest. You know, let's this move is on to looking at this upcoming week. And we'll start with talking about Ben, who is on the COVID restricted list, as you mentioned, Logan. This comes after he missed a series in last Sunday's game uh, with a left knee injury, but he was back right away. So. I guess not a, a serious injury if he came back that quickly, but how do we think Ben has been this season so far and any thoughts on this team's chances this week if he cannot play, if he does get a positive COVID test? I mean, it's the Bengals. They went 8-8 eight and eight last year without Ben. You know, Ben's obviously the is obviously the key that makes this team a Super Bowl team, but um, I think that they... You know, I'm, I'm not going to say go put the money on Pittsburgh regardless if Ben plays or not because I can see Joe Burrow and the Bengals, uh, Bengals, ugh, and the Bengals beating the Steelers without Ben at quarterback. But, 
you know, I'm not going to sit here and say the Steelers have no chances, you know, against these teams without Ben. They certainly still do, and they certainly should still be the favorite heading into that game with just how talented the Steelers' defense is. Um, When it comes to, you know, just how good Ben's been this year, I mean, Ben Ben has reminded, and then I'm going to go back into this comparison. The Steelers this year have been like the Patriots during their last couple Super Bowl appearances, where Tom Brady was clutch and just good enough throwing those dinks and dunks, and the defense was lights out for the team to make a run. That's what I see when I look at this Steelers team. I see these 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 Patriot teams when Brady was was starting to show his age, you know? When they when they stopped throwing the ball down the field as much. Because if you look at the, the, a lot of the numbers, Ben is near bottom of the league in passing yards per in passing yards per uh, per um, reception. He's near bottom of the league. And that's not usually something that Ben is near bottom of the league at. But if you look at his inner he's what, eighteen touchdowns to four interceptions this year? I mean that's Tom Brady accuracy. So the game plan has switched to where Ben's throwing these dinks and dunks, and that's why the team has been successful. They're adopting this old Bill Belichick-style play on offense, and the defense has been, you know, absolutely incredible this year, one of the best in the league. I mean, they've had their struggles, you know, lately with the running game, you know, but they were also phenomenal in the running game early in the season, so who knows where their run defense actually is at. But, you know, I'm, I, I, think, I think Ben, you know, he's, he's, he's old, he's veteran, he's not the gunslinger that he was, He's not as physically talented as he once was, but he's a lot wiser than he once was. He's a lot more humble, and he doesn't try, you know, he, he doesn't need to chuck the ball deep anymore for those long touchdowns. He's capable of just throwing five-yard, six-yard passes, drive down the field. And I like this team a lot more. It's boring. You know, the games are a lot more boring, but they're winning. So am I really going to complain about that? No. I mean, I, I like how they've been this year. I, I have no complaints with Ben this year. It's interesting with Ben is with those shorter passes, he has the highest completion rate of his career. Yeah, exactly, because they've been dinks and dunks. And everybody, that has been the, look, again, to compare it to the Patriots, because the Patriots have been the dynasty of our time. You know, you look, we just, you know, we just said the schedule comparison with them where we always criticize the Patriots for having an easy schedule, the one thing we always criticized, or at least Tom Brady was, was for throwing those dinks and dunk passes. But the man won six Super Bowls because of that. You know, and now Ben's doing it. It's a strategy that works, especially when you're a veteran quarterback and you can be accurate and you have receivers that are talented enough to capitalize on those short yardage passes and are tough enough to take the hits that come with a short yardage passage, um, passing. So, and, and I think this is what people should have expected with Ben. You know, I, I mean, you guys know, I was very, I, I, I said we're not going to expect to see an MVP caliber Ben, although, you know, 18 touchdowns and four interceptions, you can argue that's MVP caliber, but this still isn't, you know, gunslinger, throw a ball down 20 yards, Ben Roethlisberger, like we grew up watching. You know, I said that coming into the year because of his injuries. Um, I think this is this is the best version of Ben that people should have expected to get. 
You know, he's not physically capable of throwing a lot of those deep balls anymore. And he recognizes that. The coaching staff has recognized that. And they have game-planned around it. And now Ben's having one of the best years of his career because of it. And that that's this. I, I'm really happy with how they've been this year. Yeah, and um, I appreciate that essay, Logan. I'll try and get back to that at some point. Um, <laughs> I think that even if Ben doesn't play on Saturday or Sunday, which I mean, who knows at this rate? But first off, there's one thing real quick. Everybody was getting mad at Mason Rudolph when he came into the game, and granted, I don't blame them, but. When you get thrown into a game like that for the final like stretch of the first half, and they're just like, "Hey, you're not loose at all. Not have been practicing with the first team. You just go out there, and it, it, you know it's it's tough to get into a groove." So I'm not going to blame him for that. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to say they're doomed if he starts on Sunday. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying when it comes to the bend that we know now versus the bend that it was before. And it does have a lot of shades of the New England Patriots. It's more the design of how they run their offense compared to or using the, the abilities that they have to the best of their abilities. And it's it's effective. And I think that I think that the Steelers offense has been has been good, not great, but good. And I think that the defense has been better than the offense, but not great. But together, they're a, a very overall solid team and, and a very overall just a team that is finding ways to win. And that's, at the end of the day, what you're looking for. They don't have a lot of a lot of stars on their team as they used to. But it's hard to find a position where there's an obvious hole. To, to yeah, I'm glad you said that, point. Logan, because I think that is why point. the way that you uh, – you said that the games are boring in terms of the style of play. I think that has something to do with it. But the fact that there are not the stars, you think back of the Steelers teams of our childhoods, thinking like Jerome Bettis and Troy Polamalu, that's what made the game so exciting well, to watch. And not having decade, that icon, there's just like there's Le'Veon no one Bell to make and, the games that exciting. Yeah, like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown the last decade, you know? Yeah, that's true. They, they don't have those guys on offense. You know, I mean, I mean, they have talented guys. They have ta- decent players, but they're 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 a very boring offense, but it's successful, and that's that's what the Patriots were for for years. They were a very boring, but methodical offense. It's why Brady won with a lot of guys that were not star players, you know. And it's it's what's going on with the Steelers right now, and. You know, I, 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 they've, 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 it's, it's, it's very, it's very reminiscent of those, those Patriots teams, the ones where Brady was, you know, more veteran, you know, like, like three years ago when they won the Super Bowl. Like, it's very reminiscent of those Patriot teams, um, and not so much of the Steelers of the Ben Prime that we grew up watching when he was, you know, able to throw the ball all the way down the field and he had, the best receiver in the league and a phenomenal running back. You know, it, this is this is a very boring team, but boring wins in the NFL. You know, so I'd, I'd rather see a team that that doesn't turn the ball over and also doesn't make big plays than a team that either makes a big play or turns the ball over. All right, well, let's wrap up this Steelers topic with 
just a prediction for this upcoming week. They've got the Bengals Sunday afternoon game. I think regardless if Ben is healthy or not, I could see this being another one of those trap games. Logan, I think I'm going to predict a loss for this week. I think they had their trap game that last week. I don't think they want to have a uh... – I, I think they that was a bit of a wake up call. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a if there's a loss to an easier opponent down the road. I don't think it will happen this week. I think they actually end up blowing out the Bengals if Ben plays. If Ben doesn't play, I think it'll be closer. But I still think it's a pretty comfortable victory for them this week, mainly because they're good. I think they I think they woke up after that Cowboys game. Um, let's see. Well, what what do I want versus what I think? I want it to be like 52 to 50 because I have Joe Burrow as my starting fantasy football quarterback. So if he could throw oh, like five wow. touchdowns, but they lose, I'd love that. But I think it's going to be a low, lower scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot like Dallas, but I still think that the Steelers, you know, I think they're going to lose. I really do. I think, I think it's going to be Bengals uh, 20, 21 to 14 or something, 21, 17. All right, well, we'll see what happens in the Steelers this week. Hopefully we uh, record an episode next week and can revisit our predictions. But, Logan, when you are ready, you can take it away. Before you continue, we got to credit Mike Tomlin, 8-0, 14 consecutive years. That's pretty incredible. Say what you want about Tomlin, you know, but 8-0 but for the first 14 years of your career, you know, the only other – Coach, only one other coach to do that in history of the NFL. That's pretty incredible. Well, obviously, not eight and zero for fourteen consecutive years, but you know, a winning at least a five hundred record for fourteen consecutive years. That's really incredible. Right? So yeah, that, that is Mike pretty Tomlin. impressive. We'll get you out of the yeah, way. Yeah, I, I give. I, a lot of people wanted Tomlin gone at, at certain points, and I'm glad that the Steelers stuck through with it because I think that. The only thing that always bothers me is Mike Tomlin and clock management. He struggles with that to this day, but I really like what I see from Mike Tomlin. And I think that there are maybe coaches underneath him that, you know, you could adjust a little bit or adjust their game plan. But I think Mike Tomlin overall is a great coach. Okay. So um, I'm pulling up my quiz. I got, a, I got a one that I talked about la- or the last after the last episode off the air with you guys that I wanted to do, considering this one falls just after election day, um, that I thought it'd be funny to do um, Trump, Trump or not. So here's how this game's going to work. I'm going to read, I'm going to read a tweet. All right. And you're going to tell me if this is a real tweet from Donald Trump. Or if it's not a tweet from Donald Trump. And here's the kicker. The ones that aren't tweets from him are gonna have very th- are gonna have minor details changed from real tweets. So it's gonna be okay. difficult to tell. Okay. Alright. 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 Are we counting this as an official quiz show win or loss? That is the question. I don't care. You guys can if you want. We still didn't. We still didn't finish last one. Remember, we got we tied, didn't we? Oh, oh that's shoot. right. We did it. That's right. We, we had totally a three-way tie. That. That's right. We had a well, this three-way is not tie. the tiebreaker. Once I, I get, totally yeah. forgot about that. I think we should. I think 
I think the running gag is should we, we should just push the tiebreaker continuously. Like, we'll be like, no, nah, this won't be the tiebreaker. We'll just keep pushing it down the line. All right, so here's how this is going to work. I'm going to read one. And you guys are just going to say, you guys are just going to say um, if it's a real tweet or if it's not a real tweet. All right, you guys will both answer on the same one. They won't go back and forth. You guys are both going to say an answer, right? Okay. You got that? Yes, sir. All right. So let's start. November 6, 2012. I'm going to read the dates on the tweets that I base off the fake ones, too. Okay, just so you all know. The concept of global warning was created by and for the Chinese in order to make U.S. manufacturing non-competitive. Was this a real tweet or a fake tweet? I'll go real tweet. God, I forgot how wild his Twitter was back before like 2013, 2014. You got to be in the date here too, though, because 2012, this is like right around where he started changing. He was a little iffy on liking Obama at first and then flipped over when he realized what would be more uh, controversial. I think this was well after that had happened. So, yes, I'll, I'll go with real. I'm going to go with real. It is a real tweet, correct? 1-1. One, one. All right, number two. This is a this – did he really retweet this or not? If Hillary <laughs> Clinton can't satisfy her husband, what makes her think she can satisfy America? Uh, I think he, I, I think he re, I think he did. I think that's real. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say it's not real. That one is real. Dakota, two <laughs> yeah. to one. All right, November thirteenth, twenty twelve. Some of the again, some of these have dates, some of these don't, and I'm changing some details. We'll say that for the fake one, just to put that out there. After Friday's after Friday's Twilight release, I hope Robert Pattinson will not be seen in public with Kristen. She will cheat on him again. <laughs> is this one real or is this one fake? I, it's fake. Spencer? I'm going to go with real just because I want it to be real. I want it to be real. This one is real. Oh. I knew it. I, I remember there was a Twilight tweet. I remember him putting. I remember him having one. There is it, a it, tweet got circulating around Twitter for a while. Sorry, losers and haters, but my hands, and you all know it, are one of the biggest in the country. So don't feel stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. May eighth, twenty thirteen. Ooh, that was fake. my birthday. Is that real or fake? Yeah, I'm going to say fake, too, actually. I'm going to say fake. That one is fake. The real one was, sorry, losers and haters, but my IQ is one of the highest, highest, and you all know it. Please don't feel so stupid or insecure. It's not your fault. All right, is this one real or fake? Everyone knows... 
I am right that Robert Pattinson should dump Kristen Stewart in a couple of years. He will thank me. Be smart, Robert. October 22nd, 2012. Could there be two Robert Pattinson tweets? Yes, there could be. Uh, I think it's real. Spencer? I think this is real, too, and I feel like this is the one that I remember. <laughs> this one is correct as well. Four to four. I have never seen a thin person drinking Dr. Pepper. Fake. That's got to be fake. It's fake, and the real one is Diet Coke. Yes, the real one is Diet Coke. (laughs) (laughs) Hurricane is good luck for Obama again. He will buy the election by handing out billions of dollars. Real or fake? That sounds real to me. I want to say real. That one is real. Five to five. Wow, you guys are doing very good. In order to get elected. How many more do you got? I don't know. I have a bunch. I'll probably just do it till you guys make a break. In order to get elected, Barack Obama will start a war with North Korea. November Real? 29th, 2011. Spencer? Um, what, did, what did Dakota say? Sorry, hold on. I missed it. Said Real. real. I, I think that's a real one. Yeah, actually, I think that's real, too. And one is fake. Oh. He, actually, he actually said that Obama would start a war with Iran, not North Korea. Interesting. <laughs> While Bette Midler is an extremely unattractive woman, I refuse to say that because I always insist on being politically correct. October 28, 2012. Oh my! Um, Twitter was crazy, like pre twenty fourteen. I love it. It was insane. Pre twenty fourteen Twitter, what a place! I, I think this is real. I, I actually think this is real too. <laughs> this one is real. All right, last one for all the marbles. Bette Midler just said she felt shame at being fat, not politically correct. She killed Star Jones for weight loss surgery. Just had it. May 9th, 2014. What the heck? I, uh, I think the say fake. could have changed in there. Oh, you're going fake? So I'll, I'll say, I'll say real so that we have a winner here. And oh, Dakota. The answer is real. Oh, he really was saying, actually fake. My bad, I misspoke. It was actually. Oh my god! You Steve Harvey. You Steve Harvey. I just pulled him a leak. I just pulled him a leak. He was really saying. (laughs) Rosie O'Donnell just said she felt shaved. Yeah, I should have known. I forgot about that. They had they had some some beef. 
Dude, there are so many good ones. There's so many good ones. Like, let's see this one right here. This here's here's a good one. Thanks. He still hear me? Yeah. Yeah. I lose you guys. I can hear you better now, actually. Yeah, I can hear you too. My back, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. Yeah. I don't think he can hear us. My back, you guys hear me? What? Yes. I'm back. I, Dude, there are so many you. good ones I that I couldn't say. This one. Thanks. Many are saying I'm the best 140 character writer in the world. It's easy when it's fun. <laughs> I've never seen that one before. Sadly, sadly, because the Robert Obama Pattinson, like the done, fact that he has. Oh, the Robert Pattinson ones are incredible. Those are incredible. The fact that he has oh, multiple boy. tweets related to that is my favorite thing. That man was like, exactly. well, he was like sixty-five at the time, sixty years old, and he is tweeting about that. It's incredible. About Twilight. He's 60 years old and he's tweeting about Twilight. <laughs> he's a. Uh, what was Robert? Was he Team Edwards? Or Team Jacob? Which one was Pat? Pattinson was the vampire. Maybe was team, team Edward. Edward? Yes, he was Edward. Edward was the vampire. Trump was Team Edward. <laughs> they should have asked Trump how he felt about Pattinson getting Batman. Oh, oh, those are incredible. Those are just those. Those are my favorite ones of his tweets, and there's a lot of good ones. But my favorite ones, man, those Pattinson ones are just absolutely incredible. I just had to bring those back up. Well, after that fun, Logan for some reason added a very depressing topic to next on the rundown, and that is pit football being pit football. The law is I that added that. pit I is going to pit. I added that. Yeah, oh, it was imagine. Spencer. Wow, it's usually Logan that wants to yep. talk about pit pitting. I had to do it. Well, I had to do it. They, they did it again. Pit pitted. And here we are. A season that had so much hype before the season. I, I, I don't know how it could have gone worse relative to expectations. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pit. I I feel like they're stuck in doldrums till the end of time. To be honest, I it's it's sad to say that no matter how excited I get for them, it's it's just never there's never true excitement because I think it's always in the back of my head that it's pit football. It's that simple. And we're we're having this discussion coming off of a win last Saturday, but. The team is, or I should say this, uh, the last time we discussed pit football a couple episodes ago, I believe we all landed on Pat Narduzzi getting one more shot next year, and then he is seriously on the hot seat. Do you still think that's the case, Spencer, that he is going to get one more shot at this because of this weird season and, and the times that we're in right now? Um, yeah, I I. I... I do. 
I think that I I do think that Pat Narduzzi still probably is not gonna. It shouldn't be let go here. I don't even know if I give him a full season next year. To be honest, though, the beginning I think of next year will really speak volumes as to what the value of Pat Narduzzi, especially if like especially if they even they might even win, but they struggle against like you know Delaware or whatever the likes of teams that they play next year. I don't think he'd be able to survive the rent the whole year. But I, I do want to go back into the Narduzzi thing. He's not going to get fired after this year, regardless of whether or not he deserves to. For the same reason that a lot of these bet coaches that are having bad years, you know, for example, James Franklin at Penn State, they're not going to get fired mainly because the bios aren't changing, you know, regardless of the loss of revenue for these schools. You know, you look at the buyouts on all these contracts, you know, no school's going to buy out one of these contracts when they've just lost a lot of revenue. You know, so these these coaches aren't going to. I don't. I don't see many coaching changes in general in NCAA football this year. You know, unless it's somebody who is near the end of his contract, which we know in the case of Narduzzi is not near the case because he still signed on for another four or five years after that large extension he signed before the season two years ago. Um, whether or not he deserves to get fired is a different discussion, but will he? No fire for another couple of years till they can actually afford that buyout. Uh, you know, and it's just Heather like made a lot of good calls with the, with regards to pit athletics, but it seems like giving Narduzzi that extension was a really bad call. Although there's no way she could have predicted a pandemic, you know, eating into profits. Um, as far as this goes, I mean, at that point, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see if they even play this game on December 12th. I mean, who who are they set to play again? There was going to be um, Georgia Tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech has no chance. Yeah, so like Pitt and Georgia Tech on December twelfth. I mean, they may both be out of. I don't know how bowl games are going to work this year, but they may be both have no chance of getting a bowl game by that point. They may just say F it to this game. You know, who knows if they even end up making that game up. You know, um, you know, and. and to go into um, another topic, um, Paris Ford opting out to the rest of the season um, happens was it before last week's game. Um, so I wanted to ask you guys, I mean, do you agree with a lot of that decision of just opting out in terms of, you know, waiting to see if the team actually has a chance and then once you realize this team has no chance, opting out? Or do you think it's... Or do you, do you kind of lose respect for a player that does that? I, I do lose a little respect, but I think in a year like this, in the situation, you know, he likely would have done this. I, I, I'll take that back. I don't know that he, he would have done this in a regular season or not, but I think for someone making that decision who's going to declare for the draft, especially in this season where it is – Far from a regular, a regular season, this team is is non-competitive right now. Anyway, it is what it is, and I think he can use the cover of it being such a unordinary time to to just quit. And that's what he did. He just quit the team. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll never we'll never really know. I don't think we'll ever really know exactly what reason he is gonna have for quitting specifically but i think that you know when you're declaring for the nfl draft at this rate it's pretty much 
and shown that he's going to be either a high pick or a probably high pick pre or pre high or either mid mid round pick. So I think that I don't blame him for kind of to, to, you know leaving. It is it's kind of sad the state of it that he would do something like that. But in a year like this, especially, it's kind of. I think more people will un be understanding than if it was the middle of an eight and eight team, or not eight and eight, whatever, however many games that they would play, five hundred team, um, in a normal season. Um, I do want to clarify, Paris Ford did issue a statement today, given his reasons for leaving Pitt. If you, if yeah, if was, we want, I was just gonna, yeah, I was just gonna bring that up, Logan, and I mean we don't have to read the whole statement, but the, the yeah. general consensus of the articles that I've read about the statement in summary is a bunch of times he talks about quitting because of the current climate of the country and the trying times across our nation, but he never mentioned COVID. And I don't know what those other two things even mean relative to him quitting the team in the middle of the season when it's quite clear the goal here is to declare for the draft. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think saying stuff, these trying times and leaving weighed heavily on my heart it, it seems like saying stuff like that is kind of to try and make it nicer, you know, because that's basically like saying that stuff like, you know, because the other stuff in the country, the division, the election, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, stuff like that, that's like saying that that stuff had an effect in leaving, which, you know, that I... Right, and I think, let me just read that, that whole sentence here. He, yeah. he says, during these trying times across our nation, like many, I felt overwhelmed by the uncertainty of the future and feared how the current climate would impact me and those I love. I'm not, I don't so, know what he's referring to there. or I, I mean, I could understand that for being a reason to quitting, but I don't know what he's referring to, number one. And number two, I think the end goal, as he says, is for the NFL draft. So... I, I don't like it could what he be appears now appears to be doing which is covering it for himself. He could be hinting at some sort of mental issues like depression or anxiety or something like that caused because you know as as is pretty well documented documented during this year, you know with the division in the country and with the you know everyone being stuck inside and locked down for most of the year that suicide rates and depression has gone up throughout the country. So he could be referring to that, in which case, you know, if he feels that quitting, you know, quitting Pitt when Pitt has no chance of winning, you know, is a load off his back and he already has a chance, he's already going to be in the NFL anyway, then, you know, then I think he makes the right decision. Because in my, in my personal opinion, I mean, he's going to be in the NFL. He didn't have to play this year to get drafted. He was going to be drafted regardless. You know, he didn't have to play this year. He didn't give, I don't think he gave up on this pit because, you know, he gave them six weeks. <laughs> like, like if he gave up on pit, it would have been when they were still good or after that first or second loss, they were three and three by the time he quit, you know? So he, he, he went through them for most of the season. He worked his ass off most of the season, you know? So I don't like saying he gave up on pit. Um, I, I respect his decision. You know, if he has some other mental issues going on because of what's been happening in 2020, you know, I hope he works through that before the draft. And, you know, if, if it was a different year, then maybe I see differently. You know, if Pitt was really good this year, 
You know, if Pitt was five and one or six and zero oh or four and two, you know, I, I maybe I'd be criticizing him. But you know, after three and three, you know, with with the losses that they've had, or was it was it even three and four? Yeah, it was three and four when he quit. Yeah, they were three and four when he quit. So I mean, the fact that they were three and four when he quit, I mean, he he gave them you know much of the season. So why should he have to go out there for the BBVA Compass Bowl during a year like this? You know, I mean, it's just, it's it's I I don't I don't blame him at all. Uh, yeah, Pitt was three and four in the midst of a four game losing streak when Ford left the team left the team after nine days after their forty five to three loss to Notre Dame. Yeah, I don't I don't blame him at all. I don't I don't blame him at all, and I wish him nothing but the best. When he eventually gets drafted, and honestly, I think it's kind of cool that he came back this year when a lot of players across the country were that were set to be drafted were already opting out before the season even started. I mean, first off, how dare you? Everybody should be playing at the BBVA Compass Bowl if they have the chance. <laughs> well, how dare you say that? <laughs> I love how that but, yeah, I agree. Infamy with pit football. I still have their shorts. It's one of my favorite pairs of shorts. I have BBVA Compass Bowl Pit football <laughs> shorts. It's the best. Well, what's um, funny is we have this we have this narrative like they've made it like ten years in a row. They only made it like twice in a row. Like right, everyone, like right. it like there's this narrative that they yeah there's this narrative that they made it like so many years, but it was only like a couple <laughs> years. <laughs> but the fact that they they went to like Birmingham, Alabama, and played who knows who. In those two years, in the most irrelevant bowl game you could think of, if you're a pit football fan, I think it I think it was the most relevant football game. I think it was it more embarrassing. I think it was more embarrassing last year when they went to the Sun Bowl, which was once a highly respected bowl game. They went to the Sun Bowl, and El Paso put the wrong pit logo up on this screen. Not even getting they put the the old I block about that. They put the 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 Nate that like dark blue and dark gold block letter pit from like the Larry Fitzgerald days up in their advertisements when they announced <laughs> pit going. That was like ten years ago. Was their was, love I go? Think they, was that the? I think they used that helmet. Wasn't that what they did? Didn't they use the old pit helmet? Yeah, the the one from like ten years ago that they got rid yeah. of. <laughs> So like that's what I thought was more embarrassing was the fact that they couldn't that that the sun that the the bull game they were going to didn't even bother to check to see if what Pitt's logo was. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All yeah, right, well, let's that's... move on to our our next topic, and we'll use this to kind of wrap up before a, well, we got... a secret finale segment. Well, are we going to talk about Penn State a little bit? Because no. I feel like we should. No. No. No one cares. Nobody cares? <laughs> this is We can finally shit on James Franklin without anybody denying it. And you're going to pass up this golden opportunity. The amount of times... It's just not... It's going to be a match for the rest gonna, of the year. Even if we're going to hate on Penn State, I, I just... The amount of it's times... It's not worth the breath. It's not worth it. In our shit, Dakota, hating on Penn State... And praising UCF were the two cornerstones of the original Sports with Carney podcast. 
And this is how and the you're pass- with Carney podcast would go. We would have a segment called 60 Seconds on Penn State, and we would spend roughly 40 minutes talking about how much we hated James Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> we need to bring that back. That's why our viewership numbers have gone down. That's why our ratings have gone down. They missed 60 <laughs> Seconds on Penn State. Yeah, we did 60 Seconds on West Virginia, too. Although we didn't talk about how much we hated them as much. No, that segment usually was actually 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty respectable 60 seconds on arrival, too. All right, let's get to the next topic, then. All right, so the ratings were way down for a lot of the, the sports playoffs that have wrapped up, including the Stanley Cup, World Series, NBA playoffs. The predictions in... April, May, as leagues were trying to figure out what they were going to do in the times of COVID, where viewership was going to be way up with everyone locked in their homes, and that there would be this sort of rallying around the sport. This was especially talked about with baseball, and baseball was trying to be the first sport back. Obviously, they were incapable of doing that, and Rob Manfred dropped the ball and being the only sport on television in those early days of the pandemic, but I just want to hear your guys' thoughts on why you think sports viewership was down for these events. Do we think this is a long-term trend? What happened here? Why were the predictions so wrong? Well, the World Series numbers actually this year were actually pretty decent in comparison to just how far off the Stanley Cup numbers fell. You know, if you if if to, yeah, to point and something I out, I think. But I you know, I think the biggest reason, real quick, because of that is because the playoff system was just weird and not normal that people, I don't think wanted to gravitate towards that. They wanted a nor a bit more normalcy when it comes to their sports. And the fact that, you know, the NHL is just, let's throw 30 or let's throw 20 teams into one. And then the NBA will throw, you know, all, but like five teams are in this bubble. And it's, it's, it, I think it was just too much when it, I don't, I won't say too much, but I think it was just too different that people didn't really gravitate towards it. And it just wasn't something that necessarily sparked their interest. And even the MLB was a little bit weird and seeing no fans and stuff like that and masks constantly. But the World Series, I think, was a big telling of it. It's the fact that, you know, there were fans in the stands. It was a normal playoff series. Everything just fell. It was an actual MLB playoff series because it was at the same time it normally is. It was the same situation other than the fact that it was in a neutral site, but other than that, it seemed like a very normal MLB playoffs. At least at the so end. why, if it, See, if here's, it felt normal, well, why was game one the lowest Yeah, I can answer World that, Series Dakota. I got history. it. I got, I, I can answer that beautifully, Dakota. Okay. So here's why I think numbers were down in sports as a whole, but also why the MLB's World Series did better than, say, the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, but Logan, don't you, I think, before you can continue that point, don't you think it's slightly misleading to say the World Series did better when Game One was the lowest? Well, let, let, me, can, let me let me let me say my whole point. Let me say my okay, whole point, okay. and then say if I'm being misleading. Or no, not. I don't want you to. No, you're not allowed. <laughs> All right. So I think the MLB, yes, their Same numbers were down. Their numbers were down. Their numbers were down. They hurt this year. I'm not going to sit here and say they didn't, but I think they benefited from not being the first sport back. Because I think the first sports back, so when the KBO was back, because they were really the first sport that we got to see nationally was the KBO. You know, there was that novelty for like a week. Uh, for a week, yes. 
but then everyone stopped caring. Watch the KBO. Five in those the first those first couple games I did, but after that I was I stopped caring. I stopped watching it. But the thing is, I watched sports less this year. You know why? Because during these pandemic, during these those two months of quarantine, I found other hobbies. I found other things to do. My interest went away from sports because I found other things to do. So when sports came back, you know, I was still working through all these TV shows that I was trying to watch. You know, I was doing all these other hobbies and that was going on across the country. Everybody already had all these other things that they were doing, you know. So that's why sports as a whole were significantly down. And that's also why the MLB did better, because after a month of sports being back, when the MLB had their playoffs, they were starting that adjustment period back to a life with sports. I just think nobody likes a quick adjustment. And I think by the time that sports were back, after those, what, two months we didn't have sports, by the time the NBA and the NHL were back, people were already adjusted into a life without sports. And the NBA playoffs did not happen, you know, they did not take long enough for people to be adjusted into life with sports again. Does that make sense? Or did I do a horrible yeah, job of no. explaining that? No, I, I completely agree with what you said. That is, that is the reason I was going to give as well, that going that long without any kind of sports and you could not subject yourself in those two months to watching an ESPN or listening to the fan because these guys were grasping at straws at what to talk about. So sports pretty much completely left people's minds for two months. And so I think when it came back and, and it, it clicked when you were saying it, Logan, that the reason – Game one of the World Series was was lowest viewership. I can talk to my own personal experience with it. I had completely forgotten that the World Series was even starting until I saw results from game one, and then I tuned in for the rest of the series. So I, I think you're right that it just left people's minds to the point where we need to be back into normal life completely before we're back to watching yeah. sports as something that is a regular event again. Yeah, and that's also why I think I the MLB... I agree, to the, I agree to the extent that uh, I agree to the extent that the sports as a whole just felt it didn't feel right watching a game with nobody in the stands and, you know, you know, even people wearing masks. But yeah, I wouldn't even argue that. But the NFL, I think a little bit just having people in the stands, for God's sakes, honestly, for me, it just feels right to watch. It felt more normal than which is the thing about the NFL. You know, a lot of teams have them now. It just felt more. I, I don't I feel like this was a year and a season where like when you see these these playoff scenarios where it's like, okay, well, the Penguins are going to play the 12 seed, the, the Canadians, and it just, you know, does it, do you guys even remember real quick who won the Stanley Cup this year? Just kind of off your, off your top of your head. Tampa Bay. Tampa yeah. Bay. So I, making sure. I, I did not remember yeah. until Logan said it, honestly. Yeah, I was just making sure but you I'm guys remembered. I'm going to take the exact remembered. opposite take, as you just said, Spencer, where I think there's also a level of, of people where – you watch like college football and you see these schools in the South that are at full capacity stadiums. There are people that will not tune in to watch that because they feel uncomfortable in, in the opposite way of like, how is this happening in the country where we still are restricted on going no, out to eat? And yet the you biggest... look down these stadiums at the South and see that. So I think there's a level on both sides where, yeah, it, it was very strange to watch I don't... without any fans, 
it's also strange to watch these packed stadiums in the south and, and think that that is happening. I personally, in the, same no, country the reason look, personally, there's one. I don't think that the people that are watching those games or the people that are caring about that are going to be watching SEC football. To be honest, I don't think a large a, 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 there are very few people that are in both of those circles. I think I'm just saying you're flipping through sports on a Saturday afternoon and, and there's not a lot on TV. You might watch a college football game. For me, it's like I'm flipping through the channels on Saturday afternoon. I see a stadium completely full. I think, is this a rerun game? Is this live? How is this happening right now? Okay. That, look, yeah, I guess I, that argument makes a little bit of sense. But Look, I, I agree that sports without crowds ha- is, is it's not the same. It's definitely less of a good experience, viewing experience. But the reason why the NFL is a lot more comfortable for us to watch than the NBA was, than the NHL was, than college football is, than the MLB was, is because the NFL started on time. The season wasn't delayed. It started yeah, on I time. Agree with That's that. also a good point. It good has point. not had it has not had besides, you know, the, the Titans that. issue, it did not have a major it did not have a major break. You know, there were so, you know, the Titans had those issues. The Patriots had a game postponed, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, you didn't have the Big Ten. You know, you didn't have half of the, you know, championship contending teams take half the season off. You don't have this weird mess at the end. You didn't have two months without it. You didn't have, you know, they're not playing half of their season. And this is a big, it's a big benefit to the NFL for, you know, having their seasons always start in September. You know, that's beneficial to the NFL because they, you know, miss the worst of this pandemic just because of when their season is always scheduled to start. No, but the biggest reason why the NFL feels so normal is because it's the first it's the first sport to not have their schedule significantly affected by COVID. Um, that's that's why I think the NFL feels so normal and why we feel like we're getting closer to normal watching the NFL. And I think when we get into this, when, you know, the NHL and the NBA are going to be weird again because they're starting their seasons with a short off or a short off season in the middle of the winter. So they'll be weird again next year. They don't even know but when the they're M- going to do that. Yeah, that, that's going to be weird again. But when the MLB comes back in the spring... I think that's going to start feeling a lot of normal, and I think you'll start seeing those numbers go up again. I can't wait to go back to the Pirates game. I, it's it's amazing though, like how stupid that team was. That they they probably they won like what twenty <laughs> games. And I'm I genuinely won. Nineteen. They won less than twenty. They won less than twenty games. I, I can't believe that. And I, I genuinely because. I know for a fact that I'm not going to be able to go to a Steeler game because, you know, it's only season ticket holders, and even then, that's a mess. And then the Penguins, who knows if they're even going to have people or if they're going to play or anything like that. But I know for a fact the MLB, I'm almost guaranteeing that they're going to play hey, in the spring and they're going to have people. And it's don't just, count I yourself, can't wait. Don't count yourself out in the Steelers game. My brother got tickets to the Titans game. So it is definitely possible. In, in Nashville? Yeah. He was at that game. He got well, kicked little, out. Their their things are a little different, though. How they they're not not as much. They're not as much capacity. Well, yeah, but they're, I meant how their tickets are. Like, who's getting what? The tickets. I mean, I know people that can get it for the Steelers. It is usually. I mean, obviously, but it's like the same everywhere. It's usually the season ticket holders. The the um, 
whatever yeah, exactly, it's called. But, but I'm not any of those. So I've also Just never to be been able to a regular to, like, season Steeler game. To Fun buy fact. a twelve dollar uh, Pirates standing room only ticket on StubHub and walk to the ballpark is going to be a great. I can't thing wait! Again. Can't wait! <laughs> Shout out to uh, shout out to Pfeiffer. Was it Pfeiffer or no Pitzer? Who is it that just announced that they found a vaccine that's like ninety percent successful? Pfizer. Pfizer. Shout out to Pfizer, the MVP. (laughs) We're all gonna know pirates tickets from Pfizer. We're all gonna know Pfizer. I've never heard of Pfizer in my entire life. I've never heard of Pfizer. My how have you never never heard of you know? Have you you know what TV Pfizer makes? You know what Bre- what big what big uh, drug Pfizer makes? What? Viagra. That's probably why I've never heard of Pfizer. That's probably why you guys have heard of Pfizer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've never needed. No. I mean, I'm sorry if you guys need to take Viagra, but I've Are never. Are you going on the record right now? <laughs> <laughs> to close out the show, a surprise segment. So we have now made it two episodes in a row talking in some way about the Pittsburgh City paper. We're going to continue that for a third episode. <laughs> oh, no. Here's, here's what we've got. I have a set of headlines from the Pittsburgh City paper. I did not know that this was the format that Logan was going with with the quiz show. So very similar. I have a set of real headlines and a set Are of fake me? headlines. You so can't make you, this up. No way. I'm going to give you two headlines. One is real. One is fake. I've got three sets. Here we go. Well, hold on. You what's the uh, what's their editor in Queef? This is free from the editor in Queef, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it is. We, we right, need so to bring Ryan. I really want to bring Ryan onto this show one day. We need Ryan to. I don't know if we, if we ever can. Please. I would love it. Okay. So I'm going to read the headline and then a short summary of the article. I got two. You tell me which one's real, which one's fake. Here we go. First set. First headline. Kindergarten in the time of Corona. The author reviews YouTube videos intended for kindergartners learning from home, calling each one a scandal and criticizing it. Option two. Why does Pittsburgh smell like bread is the headline. The article is three members of the Pittsburgh City Paper staff are blindfolded and dropped in the strip district where they all say it smells like bread and try to decide why. Which one is real? Which one is fake? Oh, my God. I can't. I'd like, that second one sounds so absurd, and the first one sounds like, honestly, not surprising that I want to say that, but I, I feel like it's, I feel like I'm overthinking this. Well, see, the second one actually fits with the article. But it's so stupid, but it actually fits with the article. The first one doesn't fit with the article. But the thing we've always complained about with the Pittsburgh City paper is their really long ass fucking headlines that are just take too long to get to the freaking point. Which in that case, it makes more sense that it would be the first one. And also, I, I feel like if you were making up a headline. I don't. I just don't feel like you would think that much into something so long about people reviewing kindergarten movies. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say the first one is the real one. All right, Spencer. Do you agree? 
Because I kind of like this Pittsburgh smell like bread too. I think that's kind of a funny one. I, I, you my know what? I like it so much. I like it so much that I, I want it to be real. So I'm going to say real. I'm going to say that one's I, a real one. I can't give them credit for coming up with something like that. All right. The real article is kindergarten in the time of Corona. Logan gets the point. I knew it. I knew it was going to be that. But I wanted it to be the other one. I wanted it. All right. Here we go. Second set. This is the headline. It is time we all come together and demand that KDKA Radio be rebranded as AKDK Radio. Summary is, Ryan Dito argues that the news radio station's transformation into conservative talk is... Oh, that was true. Oh, that was true. Oh, my God. I don't even need to hear... I don't even need to hear the other one. That is the true one. That is 100% true. I don't even need to hear the right. other one. Well, That's I'm going to read it anyway. I'm going to read true. it anyway. Option two... This is the headline. Another long one. Put down that locally sourced chicken tender and grab yourself a blooming onion or awesome blossom or some other fried onion. In this article, the author urges readers not to pass up chain restaurants for bistros and charcuterie places when choosing a restaurant to eat out and provides a helpful map of Applebee's, Cracker Barrel's, Longhorn Steakhouses, and other chains around the city. There's no way that Pittsburgh, the city paper would ever want they would be like we're gonna destroy capitalism and we we do not want uh, a chain restaurants to take over the world there's no way so i'm going with logan see, I, see, I, 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 see i'm pretty sure i remember seeing that second one but i'm gonna stick with my first one it has to be the first one it just seems it just seems too true it just seems too too good I got you this time. The real one was put down that locally sourced chicken tender and grab yourself a blooming onion or awesome blossom or some other fried onion. I so see. Wait, wait. Real quick. Real quick. So the first article isn't real at all, right? It is not real at all. Completely made up. Oh, my God. I wish it was. That would have been so good. Oh I'm, sure, I'm sure you can find, Spencer, I'm sure you can find a lot of stuff about Wendy Bell on the Pittsburgh City Paper oh, if you yeah. were to oh, look. no doubt. No doubt. It's in their drafts. They have they have locked and loaded just in case they ever need it. Probably not even. In, let's just, I'm just going to, while Dakota pulls up the next one, I'm just going to search Wendy's, Wendy Bell, Pittsburgh City Paper, and let's see what comes up. <laughs> how, how many results? All right, so All right. Logan leads one nothing going into the final set. Here, here are the options. Option one, headline is, if you want Pittsburgh to be like Hollywood, you have to like celebrities. In this article, Ryan Dito says Pittsburghers need to stop hating celebrities and people from California if they want to keep celebrating movies being shot in Pittsburgh. Option two, the jig is up, the song is ass, let's retire Renegade. The author provides a series of tweets oh urging the Steelers God. to it's retire two. Renegade it's two. and says the song should only be used in movies. I read this song. No, I read that article. It's number two. Number two is the real one. I read it because he he proposes that they should um, do black and black and yellow instead, which is stupid because black and yellow is not a pump up song, like Renegade is. No, I read that article. Yeah. I remember reading that article and finding it really stupid and wondering how could somebody this stupid write about something like this and then looking who, who, and be like, oh, it's the article? Pittsburgh City Paper. Who wrote that article? I don't have the author written down, but yes, that was the real article. Because I remember yeah, reading it. That, That's what I was going with that too. Get that person on this show. We need to. I don't. I will email. <laughs> I don't care. We need to get that person on this show. 
Here's your Wendy Bell one. Wendy Bell was trending today on Twitter. You don't need to find out why. Just read this story about KDK's combative editorial strategy and its lurch to the right. There's a city paper headline. I God. missed it. Can you repeat it? it that, wasn't the, that was their social post. That wasn't the headline itself for the article. But the social okay. post was, uh, Wendy Bell was trending today on Twitter. You don't need to find out why. Just read this story. This was from August, what is it, August 31st. Just this August 31st. This is when he got fired, I think. When she got fired. Yeah, she got she got suspended. I think she got suspended or whatever. I don't think she got fired, but I she think she eventually was, she was eventually fired. She was eventually fired. She was suspended first, but eventually fired. My gosh, you gotta love the Pittsburgh City Paper. You gotta love it. I think that can be a recurring segment. I know that uh, the Post Gazette so. has. I, I kind of wanted to. The Post Gazette has gone right, you know, but why? Why don't we start like a conservative one just to fuck with the Pittsburgh City paper? No, just just, like, a, just to a completely. Satire. We need a Pittsburgh satire paper, just something like like what you would expect the City paper to, but something yes, like so outlandish. Yes, it's like the Onion, but it's just for Pittsburgh. But just to fuck with the Pittsburgh City but paper, like, yeah. Like like that one right, right about how the. Uh, like instead of how they wrote that one about how the uh, pr- how the female pierogies were sexist, what if we do? Uh, well, Steely McBeam is sexist because it, it portrays this man as a as a big muscular man, real, and that's damaging to our boys' manhood. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. You said real quick. Real quick, the author of that article, the Renegade one, is Josh Oswald. We need to get him on here. We need to Spencer, get Josh that's, Oswald that's on, on your show. list. Yeah, I want to hear his story, and I want him Spencer, to say it. I want him to give Spencer, us the story. Spencer, you better get him on here. Wait, why are we? Why are we getting these guys airtime on our program? This is I just ruining right our program. I want to go right to because the I. They're the type of people that got pissed <laughs> off over um. Over, like, uh, Dave Chappelle's monologue. Or not Dave Chappelle's, but, like, uh, Bill Burr's SNL monologue the other week. My God. My God. Well, that's it. Josh Allwald has a lot of great articles. No one plans a vacation to the bathroom, but here we are. This article? I'm reading this article. That was his article the week before Renegades. (laughs) This this article about the Renegade, he has he says that the internet movement has gone from groundswell to internet powder keg. He references three tweets that say "time to rene- retire Renegade," and two it, of them almost, are from the same person. That is when, not when a internet powder through, keg. When I was going through headlines, I almost wonder if his shtick is satire. Like the tag that they put on his has, articles I is. is is just jagging you, and so it's like I think he might be writing fake articles, but they are city paper headlines nonetheless. Spencer, you're right. Two of the three tweets are from the same person. I didn't notice that when I was reading it. That's so funny. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. What if they were like his buddies too? No, this, I, I definitely think I definitely think this is satire, but like it's not even good. Like, oh, it's, oh. it's not good satire. I don't know. You read it and you're not sure if it is or not. <laughs> or is it? <laughs> or is it good satire? 
because you fell for it. Maybe. I just, Maybe it is. I just don't think... Well, you're not supposed to fall for satire. Because the point of satire is to, like, understand that, like, what they're making fun of is... You know, you're supposed to understand that they're making fun of it, you know? Like, the best satirical stuff, like SNL and, like, uh, South Park, you're not going to fall for that satire, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think half of these... See, I, I just don't think half of these people from the Pittsburgh City Paper even live in Pittsburgh. I think a lot of them are just made-up people. Oh, I think no. they're all an alias for one person. I think they're all an alias for one person. I think there's a big conspiracy around the pits. I, I, I really want to investigate it because I really think it's all just one person with like 20 different names who's just like really hates Pittsburgh because he's probably a Browns fan and just wants to fuck with the city. <laughs> all right. Well, we will look for your uh, results of that investigation next week on our ninth episode. But this was Pittsburgh made for Logan and Spencer. I'm Dakota. You can watch, or not watch, but listen to the show, anchor.fm slash Pittsburgh made. 